on, does God reign in your life today? Why don't you stand to your feet and give him praise one more time? Come on, lift up your voice. Let's magnify the King of Kings today. You reign, you reign. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. John chapter 4. If you have your Bibles this morning, would turn with me, John chapter 4. And I will begin with verse number 5, reading down through verse 10. John chapter 4, verse 5, down through verse 10. Suppose I was supposed to dismiss the youth class this morning. My apologies for delaying doing so. John chapter 4, amen. Don't we love our young people? Give them a great big hand. Amen. John 4, verse 5. Then cometh he to the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, asketh drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealing with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou would have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Amen, amen, amen. I want to preach a little while this morning, teach, treach, whatever it may end up being by the end of the morning. But for a little while, by the help of the Lord, I want to talk about God doing a new thing, God doing a new thing. It's nothing new that He is doing. It is an old thing that He is doing, but He is doing it afresh and anew. Somebody ought to say amen. God, help us this morning to speak what you've laid upon our heart. Lord, I want to help somebody this morning in their journey. I pray today, Lord, for every heart, every mind, every life, every person in this room today, Lord, that the words that I speak may minister to their spirit. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated today. There's nothing wrong with old things. How many of you like old things? There's nothing wrong with old things. As a matter of fact, it's often very hard to match the quality of many old things. I like old things myself. I have tried my best to not become a collector of old things for I might have more things than what I know what to do with. Well, I may already fit in that quality, but... um, When I look at old things, particularly old things that 
that have high quality. Now, we drive new vehicles and often refer to how much better they are than, than old. Now, I love classic cars and uh, old muscle cars, and they're, they're neat. They have certain qualities and characteristics. Uh, I have learned that the steel in those old cars are quite different than the, the, the thin metal and plastics that they use today. So there's certain qualities that are there that, that just can't be matched. Yet a lot of old things often need restored uh, lest they are, are rendered useless and valueless. They're, they're old, they have a sense of quality, but it requires an updating, it requires restoration, it requires uh, work to make it better. My point is, is just because it's old doesn't make it good. Just because it's old doesn't, doesn't make it valuable or beneficial. Don't anybody get nervous today, I'm not throwing in the towel. Just because it's old doesn't mean it's valuable or beneficial. And just because it's old doesn't make it right. We can learn a lot from the old ways. Some of them we need to get back to. And then there are some of the old ways that maybe we need to leave in the past. We need to leave behind us so God can work some fresh and some new ways in us. It's, it's nothing new that I'm going to preach to you this morning about. As a matter of fact, the work of God, the power of God, is, is as old as the church. But God is always wanting to work something new and fresh into our lives. It's good to reflect on old things that God has done. I love to, to sense and feel the faith that is involved in, in talking about the incredible experiences that I've had through my lifetime, in my journey with the Lord, the experiences when God has worked things for my good. How many of you like to talk about those things? When God blessed you in some way, when God touched your life in a particular way, when God kept you, uh, when God healed you, when God ministered to you, when there was that special uh, moment that you can go back to and say, I, I was right there. This was the place that I was. This is what I was going through, and this is what God has done for me. As a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul mentions that it's good for us to stir up our pure minds by way of remembrance. Somebody ought to say amen. To stir up our pure minds by way of remembrance. When I look back and I see where Jesus has brought me from, I, 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 get, I get blessed just thinking about some of the great things that God has done for me in my life. I, I think back to certain revival services. I, I think back to certain moments of prayer and certain experiences, certain altar calls when I received a breakthrough and it was there there was just a, something special about that moment. I love to reflect on the old things that God has done. I love to reflect on where I was when I received the baptism 
of the Holy Ghost. I've taken my kids back there to that spot. I've driven by the the place where I was baptized in Jesus' name. And I have told my kids over and again, and we'll drive by that spot. And we have taken them to the church where I received the Holy Ghost. And I've gone back and stood in that location, stood in that place. And I've talked about the miracles and the good things that God has done. God's been doing miracles here. And we ought to build some memorials to those miracles that God have, has performed in our lives. We ought to talk about it. We ought to never, ever forget it. We ought to never stop talking about the miracle of God raising the dead this year. We ought to never forget it. We ought to never walk away from it. We, we, we must tell the story. If we don't, it'll be forgotten. We've got to tell the story. We've got to share uh, the story of the goodness of the Lord. We've got to remind ourselves. Sometimes in marriage counseling, I'll tell a couple I may be talking to, what was it that brought you together? I want you to think about the good things that brought you together. Those are the same things that likely are going to keep you together. Well, I should have got a better amen than that. I should have got a better amen than that. Because the things that brought you together ought to be the things that kept you together. And so I look back at those moments, some of those blessings, some of those altar calls. It's those kind of experiences that, that got you into the church. And it's those kind of experiences that are going to keep you in the church. If you came to the altar one night, repented of your sins, and was baptized in Jesus' name, received the Holy Ghost, that ought to not be the end of those experiences. You got excited about what God has done. You got to go back, and you got to go back to those those moments. You got to reflect on those moments. You got to relive them, but you've got to go back and live them all over again. You gotta, you've got to have that experience of fresh and anew. You've got to go back to the place where it first happened. You've got to go back to the place where the, the first sparkle in your eye for the things of God came. And you've got to go back there and remind yourself again and again. If not, it'll grow old to you. And the living for God will grow weary to you. And it'll become too difficult for you to be able to serve the Lord. I'm trying to help somebody this morning that may be weary in your journey. Be not weary in well doing for in due season you will reap if you faint not somebody ought to shout amen God didn't save us, though, to run on an old experience. God sends refreshing. That's why that we can't go. We, we can't just live on the memory of yesterday. We've got to relive. It's good to have the memories. We've got a. We've got a starting point. We've got an anchor. We've got a place to go back to. But we've got to have a fresh touch. We've got to have a, a renewed experience. I, I. I think it would do some of us good. Maybe some. Some. I. I, I see. Uh, you know, you ever walk into a restaurant and watch the table next to you and the husband and wife are sitting there. They're not talking. They're just sitting there and they're eating their meal and they're going about business. You know what they need? They need something to jog their memory and refresh and take them back to when they first met. I guarantee you that's not how they were acting when they first got together. They get up and walk out of the restaurant and uh, he walks ahead of her and she's trying to get her, 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 her sweater on and and, 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 and get her coat on and he's just walked off and he gets in and closes his door and she's over trying to get her door. That isn't the way it was. You all know you didn't start out like that. 
But what happened was is you forgot about those early experiences and you stopped reflecting on those. I'm trying to help somebody's marriage today. But I'm going to help your spiritual walk because here's what happens is we, 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 we uh, look at the young people and say, well, uh, boy, I'm glad to see those young people up there in the front. Glad to see those young people praying. Glad to see those young people having, having, youth, uh, having youth prayer. And glad to see our youth group meeting and, and, and doing a work for the Lord. Where are we in the middle of all that? What's happened to our passion? What's happened to our motivation? What is it that has driven us? Uh, has it driven us away as time caused there to be a breakdown in our relationship? God did not save us to run on a one-time or an old-time experience. The Lord is sending refreshing every day. He's making it available to you every day. We've got to go back and be refreshed. We've got to go back to that point of beginning. We've got to be refreshed, restored, and renewed. Acts chapter 3 verse 19 talks about times of refreshing. The scripture said, When times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Can I tell you you're not going to be refreshed if you're not in the presence of the Lord. Don't, Don't complain about not being refreshed and restored and renewed if you're staying home you got to show up. Well, you know, it's just a Wednesday. It's just a Sunday morning. It's just, it's just a special service. Yes, it is. It's an opportunity for us to get back to the point of refreshing. Every time God offers refreshing, I want to get back into that flow of refreshing. I've got to be restored. I can't, my church attendance can't be sporadic. I saw one of our neighboring pastors yesterday. He was going to town on social media. He was beating up somebody. It looked like uh, when I read through either that or he was stirred up for Sunday morning's message, he started talking about faithfulness and people not attending church anymore and people being sporadic but still claiming that they live for God, yet you don't ever see any fruit in their life. Listen, we've got to get back to being faithful. Times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. We, I want to be in every prayer meeting, every service. If the doors are open, I want to show up. I want to be here because this is where I get my strength. This is where I get my renewal. This is where I get a fresh touch. Oh, we talk about, well, God needs to do something new. He does every day. He'll give you a fresh touch of something very old. It isn't something new that you need. What you need to do is get back to a fresh touch of something that is very old. That's the new thing God's really wanting to do in your life. It's that yesterday's blessing is gone. This is a new day. He wants to do a new thing in your life today. It's going to look very similar to what he did yesterday. But you got to have it today. Because we got to make it in this world tomorrow. It's a fresh touch of an old thing. I, I have drank water all my life. How many of you have drank water all your life? About eight of you. You ought to try water. It's good. Yeah, you can't live without it. You might want to know that. Now, how many of you... Uh, have drank water your whole life. Good. About 80% of you now. We're doing better. We're doing better. Some of you, your memory's slow. 
I've drank water my whole life. A cool glass of water on a hot day never gets old. Mm. Ooh. Mm. Gets messy up here sometimes. I sure am glad that's a fresh glass of water. Because if that's been sitting here all week, come on now. I was there when God filled me up. Am I making my point this morning? I don't want to drink. As a matter of fact, I, I walk into my bedroom and I see a glass of water. Sometimes I stand there and look at it and think, do I want to walk back downstairs to get a fresh drink of water or am I going to drink that from yesterday? I don't want any old water been sitting around. It becomes stagnant. Oh, ain't nobody going to help the preacher now. I don't want a glass of water that's been sitting around for days. I'm going to pour that water out until it's empty so that glass can be refilled with something new. It's, it's the same thing, but it's fresh. And when it's fresh, it's nourishing. It's better than something that's been sitting stagnant. Dust collecting on it. Flies flying around it. I'm trying to help somebody today. But you've got to pour yourself out if you want to be refilled with a fresh touch from heaven. That may be one of the better things I'm going to say to you this morning. If you're expecting much more, you're in trouble. You've got to pour yourself out in order for God to fill you back up. He fills you up so that you will pour yourself out. Sometimes you've got to get on location with God and pour yourself out. And say, God, I'm pouring it out to you today. Here it is. Here's my life. I've got to drain myself today. Pour myself into the kingdom of God today. I'm going to deplete my resources. I'm going to give of myself to you today so that I can come back into your presence and you will fill me back up because a full glass can't take anymore. And if we're not pouring ourselves out in the kingdom of God, we'll become old and stagnant and useless and undesirable and unusable. There'll be nothing refreshing about us. You know why? Because we went to a meeting one night, got saved, and had never done anything about it. It's getting tight in here now. You don't like it when I get strong with you. Can I preach to you for a little bit this morning? That's why we got to pour ourselves out. Look at your neighbor and tell him, pour it out. Otherwise, you'll become stagnant. You've got to pour it out. You've got to take your burdens to the Lord and pour them out. You've got to give your talents to the Lord and pull it, pour them out. You've got to give whatever you have to give to the kingdom of God. You've got to be poured out. When I'm not going to do that, you know, I might not. Uh, there's only so much of me. Well, some folks, I've learned this. When it comes to brains, you might want to hold on to what you got. 
Some folks, not everybody. I'm, some of you got plenty to go around, I'm sure. But some folks, they have given away a piece of their mind so many times. They have a good excuse to be absent-minded. They gave it all away. They shared their opinion one too many times. You've got to give yourself to the kingdom of God. God doesn't come with a vacuum and draw the water out of your life. You've got to pour it out. You've got to give it to the Lord. Can I, can I just, I, this isn't even in my notes. I just got off my notes, all right? Now you know it's getting dangerous. It's getting real up in here. I have learned something. God can't bless what I don't pour out. God doesn't bless what I, you know, well, it's the thought and intent. You know, I, I thought about giving. Thinking about giving isn't going to give you a blessing. But I've learned this much, you can't outgive God. I'm talking to a church full of givers here this morning. I'm talking to a group of people that know that when you give it out, God blesses back. When you pour it out, God fills it back up. But He can't fill it up till you pour it out. That's why we know you can't outgive God. You know what? You can't outworship God. When you begin to worship God in spirit and truth, and you begin to clap and worship and lift, there is going to be a renewing and a refreshing in your spirit. You came in exhausted. But when you give God a sacrifice of praise, you can count on one thing. When you sacrifice and you still praise Him anyway, you'll leave feeling better than you felt when you showed up. Come on, let's try it this morning. Why don't somebody just start pouring themselves out in worship right now? Why don't you pour yourself out by giving God a shout of praise right now? Yes! Hallelujah! Sometimes, sometimes I've just got to get along with God and pour myself out. Somebody asked me about our season of prayer and fasting. And why is it that we see so many great things happen during our season of prayer and fasting? It's very simple. We're pouring ourselves out. We're pouring ourselves out. We have to pour out the flesh to make room for the Spirit. Shout, pour it out. That's what we've got to do. We've got to make room. We've got to rid ourselves of the flesh. We've got to pour out the flesh. If you don't conquer the flesh, it'll destroy the flow of freshness that God is wanting to put back in your relationship with Him. Your relationship will become stagnant because you're not pouring it out. That's why when we fast, we are quieting the voices of the world and we are focusing on the things of God. We're pouring out the things of the world. We're getting the impurities out of our life. Some of you, many of you have done the Daniel's fast with us and we talk about that physically, the impurities that come out of your body. But that is, there's so much more than happens. That's the dietetic side of a Daniel's fast. But what really happens in the spirit, regardless what type of fast, whether it's an all-out fast or Daniel's fast or partial fast, whatever you're fasting, what it's all about is that it is a weakening of the flesh. 
It is a pouring out of the flesh so that God can fill you back up. If you want refreshing, you want restoration, you want something new in your life, pour it all out. Take everything you have and pour it all out. I dare somebody this morning to make up your mind before I leave here today. I'm going to pour everything I got. I'm going to pour my praise out. I'm going to pour my worship out. I'm going to give to Him like I've never given before. I'm pouring it out and I will give guarantee you he will refresh and restore you with something new in its place I've never seen God take away from anybody's life every time somebody walks away from an old relationship God will replace it with two or three new ones I'm talking about for God's purpose and plan When you walk away from a bad relationship, you walk away from a relationship that is ungodly and unholy, somebody that that is not walking right and living right, and you walk away from that relationship and that environment, God will restore and refresh and renew it with something that is much better. Guaranteed every time. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 is such a familiar passage that fits right into this message this morning. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. He's a new creature. Old things are passed away, and all things become new. You telling me I'm not the same person? Absolutely. Because when you repent of your sins and are buried in water baptism in the name of Jesus, you may still look the same and may be still walking around in the same shell. But there is a work of redemption that is done in your life. That the old person that you were is left. And now God can renew and restore. But until you repent and until you are baptized, God can't really do much with you. But when you pour yourself out... God changes the old person into the new person. Isaiah chapter 43, Remember not the former things of old, neither consider the things of old, but behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall bring spring forth. I will even make a way in the wilderness, he says, and rivers... In the desert, in the dryness, in the parched lands of your life, God is saying, I will flow a river in. The Lord said to Samuel, I will do a new thing in Israel that will cause the ears of them that even hear it to itch. that's, That's some kind of a tale. That's some kind of a story. In other words, it is written in such a way of saying people are not even going to hear it. You're just going to be, wow, what just happened? I believe that God wants to do a new thing in your life today. That's exactly right. He wants to do a new thing today. God is a God of newness. Hebrews 10 and 20 said this is a new and a living way. You see, this is an old time path. This is an old path that we have to walk in a brand new day. God's not telling us there's a new way of walking. He's saying there's a fresh way of walking. 
See, people come looking after new things. They're wanting something new. What they're missing is they need to pour out the old that they have. God will pour in something very fresh in your life that dates all the way back to the beginning of the church. You, you don't need some new doctrine. You don't need some new method. You don't need some new way. You need to pour yourself out so he can pour himself in afresh and anew. This water I'm drinking this morning is fresh. I hope, Brother Kevin, Braxton, whoever. I hope you didn't do me wrong this morning. It's fresh. But this water wasn't made today. Come on now. This water wasn't made today. I don't think the Lord's making any more water. I think in the beginning when God created the heavens and the earth, He made an amount of water. <laughs> but if I pour this glass out, I got a feeling I can get some fresh water. It's old, but it's fresh. It's new, but it's old. It's almost like, how does this thing work? It works. That's why he's everything that's spoken of in the Scripture related to the Spirit is speaking of water because it, there is such a correlation between the Spirit and water. Because the Spirit of God is as old as God Himself because God is Spirit. And they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. The infilling of the Holy Ghost is the Spirit of God dwelling within you. But you've got to pour yourself out so that you can be filled again afresh and anew. Wow, I got something new today. I got something fresh. I want to go to a new level. I do too. But don't ever forget, it's all attached to something that is old. We don't need a new Spirit of God. We need a connection to the old Spirit of God. And we need to prepare ourselves so He can pour Himself in afresh and anew. That's the new thing He's wanting to do in the church. God is a God of newness. This is a new and a living way, yet it's nothing new at all. He wants us to return to freshness. Does that make sense? He wants us to return to freshness. God is a God of freshness. Watch. Forty years. The children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. They got up in the morning and there was old manna sitting out for them to pick it up. No, it was new manna. As a matter of fact, he said, only get today enough for today. Because if you collect any for tomorrow and you bring it in your tent, by morning it's going to be stinking. Because you can only get, mm. you can only get today what you need for today. Because in the morning you've got to trust me. See, when you don't get more than what you need today, but you've got enough to get through today, you've got to trust me that in the morning when you wake up and you throw those tent flaps back and you look outside, there's going to be fresh manna for you. And you don't have to get up and cook it. All you've got to do is get up and go pick it up. There it is for you. I mean, you don't even have to put it in a bowl and pour milk on it, Sister Paula. I mean, it is, it was, it's better than microwaves. It's better than just add water. Just pick it up and eat it. But it's fresh and it's new 
every morning. Get up and go get it. But you can't get too much because if you collect more than you can eat, it'll rot. So only get what you need for today because tomorrow God says, I'm going to have provision for you. That's why you can't come to the house of God one time and say, well, this is all I need. I got saved one time. And this is enough for me and I don't need any more. Yes, you do. You need to get up every morning. And you need to throw those tent flaps back. And you need to say, God, I think I read somewhere in your word that you said your mercies are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Can I just get today what you, what you have for me today? God, I want you to give me my daily bread. Give me enough for today. Keep it fresh today or the manna will get old. You can only get what you need for today and it'll be fresh today. Tomorrow, it's still going to be fresh manna. Not a new recipe. It's not going to be any different, but yet it's going to taste fresh. Mm. People don't understand. Wow. I've shared with you before. I had a lady cutting my hair one time. She said, I, you know, I love going to Pentecostal churches, but you guys just go to church too much. I said, how often do you go to church? She said, oh, about once every three months. She said, you guys go like three times a week. I said, yeah, on an average week, but revival services, you know, four, five, six. But you know what? I want to get back to the place where I can collect some new manna because it's going to be fresh. Well, I've been there, done that. I've heard that sermon. I've heard that song. I've, I've, I've worshiped with those people. Yeah, but it's fresh today. <laughs> Oh, if I could get somebody in this house just to put a smile on your face because you're in church this morning. If you'd lose that grouchy attitude about having to be in the house of God and understand you came here this morning because there's fresh manna available to you. What you eat today is going to be fresh. It's old, but it's fresh. It's fresh. It's good for you today. This this thing that God's wanting to do today, it's fresh. It's new. Come on, you ought to smile about it a little bit. You ought to get excited about it a little bit. You ought to want to put a little worship out this morning and say, God, give me today what I need for today because I need strength to make Make it tomorrow, and I trust tomorrow you're going to do it again, and you're going to do it again, and don't ever let it get old. But if you don't pour yourself out of yesterday, there's no room for him to refill you with his freshness today. Well, I wish it was the way it used to be. Pour, pour that out. It isn't going to ever go back there. I've told you people ever since I've known you, the best music was that 80s music. I love it. Enjoy listening to it. I go back and listen to that 70s and 80s music, and I'm like, yeah, we were cool. I reflect back on some great things that God did. It was fresh. I'll sing an old song and I'll sing a new song. But at the end of the day, I just want a fresh touch from God. 
I got to pour myself out of yesterday. It is never going to go back and be the way it used to be. It is the way it is, and we're moving forward. I want what God has for me today because what he gives me today is for this day. This is what I understand. A generation of the gospel has been placed upon us. It is not for yesterday's generation. It is for today's generation. That's why we've got to have it fresh today because we've got to reach this generation. When I look around, my wife came to me the other day. Oh, it felt so good. She came to me the other day. She said, we have 103 uh, members in our church between the ages of, of newborn to, to, to 18, I think it was, or wherever it was, it was through student ministries. It was, I think she said it was 103 students in student ministries. I said, thank God for that. Somebody said, wow, that's a lot of kids. I said, that means we've got to have what we need to retain and hold on. I don't want my kids lost. We got to have something that'll reach today's generation. And it's not a new gospel. It's the same gospel Peter preached on the day of Pentecost. But if we don't keep it fresh, it'll get old and stagnant and nobody's going to want it. I'm going to keep preaching Jesus' name, baptism, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. I'm still going to be preaching separation from the world, but I'm going to preach it in a way that it'll reach them and touch them in their generation. Because this generation is resting upon our shoulders. It's up to us to take this gospel forward. I'm going to close quickly. Well, I'm only halfway there, but I'll get there. God wants to do a new thing, but we've got to pour ourselves out of yesterday. He promises that when we come to Him, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. He will do a total refresh. The Emery's the other couple days ago said, hey, let's go get something to eat. We went out. Danny and Cheryl were there. He's talking about his phone. I pulled out my phone. He's like, you know, ever so often you're supposed to do a, a, a refresh or a reboot, uh, reset, reset on, on that smartphone. And so I didn't know that phone smarter than me. And so I asked him how to do it. And he explained to me a little bit about how to do it and, and what happens. You got to do a, a refresh. I, I've learned that, you know, when I'm done working on my computer, I just close the lid and it goes to sleep. I wish I could do that. Just out. Just pull the covers up, poop. But after a few days, week, two weeks, I don't know how long, but occasionally, my computer just starts doing goofy stuff. Anybody with me? Goofy stuff. And I'll say, Cheryl! She'll say, how long has it been since you restarted it? couple weeks, you might want to restart it. Are you with me this morning? So I shut everything down, shut it off, restart it. It reboots. Voila. Still does the same thing, but now it's all fresh. It's all new. Same bills are still there. 
Well, why do I need to go to church regularly? Why do I need to go to the altar? Why do I need to pray daily? Because you need a refresh. You need a reboot. You need all the distractions from yesterday cleared off so you can focus on what God is wanting to do today. Because if not, the hurt from three years ago will still be bugging you. Yeah, I'm meddling in your business now. You've got to refresh and reboot or you'll take those burdens from the past and you'll be, some of you are dragging baggage along with you that, are so, that the Lord himself couldn't come and drag all that baggage. You're dragging so much baggage with you. You know what you need to do today? You need to do, it's time to refresh. It's time to reboot. It's time to leave all that mess behind me. Put that behind me. I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. You want to think about my past? You go ahead and think about it. But God forgave me of it. I'm going to move forward. And I'm not going to remind myself. And it isn't going to do you any good. Reboot. I'm starting over. I'm moving forward because God is doing something new. He's doing a new thing in my life. But i got to put that behind me. The Lord wants to make you afresh and anew. He wants to make us more useful in this world today. The clutter of yesterday can clog up your usefulness for today. The Bible is full of people who underwent changes in their life. Some of them name changes. There's, there's a reason for that. Samuel told Saul that he would be changed into another man when the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. Jacob, his name meant deceiver. His name was changed to Israel, which means prince with God. All of these stories are left for you and I to look at and say, if a deceiver can come a man that is a prince and has power with God, Maybe there's hope for me. The issue is, I've got to let that one-time experience I had with God way back when, I've got to pour that out and go back to Him and say a fresh and new, please. Would you do a refresh today, Lord? Would you help me? God wants to transform you by the renewing of your mind. Let yesterday go. Pour out yesterday so that He can refill you today. God wants to give you new principles that will be higher than yesterday's. You must come out from the world and live at a higher standard. It bugs me when I hear church people talk about sin in some manner that's like, oh well... Did I cross lines with you there? Did I cross lines with you? When I hear church people deal with issues of sin like no big deal. If God hates it, it's probably a big deal. If it's sin, it'll keep you out of heaven. And if that doesn't matter to you, this world is your home and you are a miserable creature with no hope. But my hope is not in this world. So all that really matters is the sin issue. Because if I deal with the sin issue, nothing else is really going to matter. So morality really is a big deal. My, my, my salvation really is a big deal. 
See, God calls us to come out from the world and the worldly view of things and to look at things from a different position. Now I no longer look at things from a position of, well, what's going to be best for my wallet? Now I have to look at it with what's going to be best for my salvation, the salvation of my kids, my future grandkids, what is going to be best for the salvation and the church in the future. So every decision that I make, everything that I promote, everything that I do has nothing or very little to do with the here and now. But it has everything to do with eternity. It has everything to do with the future. God wants to upgrade us. He never downgrades us. Am I preaching too long? God wants to upgrade you. He wants to take you to a higher standard of living. God bless grandpa, but he didn't face what we face today. The old time religion was good for Paul and Silas. The same thing's going to get us saved. But Paul and Silas didn't deal with what we dealt with. They had their set of problems. They got arrested and thrown in jail for, for preaching Jesus. My dad's generation dealt with people making out at drive-in movie theaters. This generation deals with sexting. And if that went over some of you, that means cell phone sex, picture sex. Yeah, even in the church. Yeah, even in our youth group. There's a whole new set of issues. Pastors today have to deal with a whole new set of problems. I'm making some of you real nervous right now. I'm supposed to do this on Wednesday, not Sunday morning. I would, but you're not here. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I hope you love me when I'm done. Peter was told not to consider the things that were unclean, clean. God has cleansed us from them. Peter had to change his principles in order to obey the things of God. Jesus belonged to the tribe of Judah, but according to the law of Moses, he could not be a priest, which, which was reserved only for the tribe of Levi. But Jesus became a priest according to the will of God, which superseded Moses' law. I just threw some word at you right there. But Jesus warned us that we can, we can make the word of God a non-effect in our life by connecting to the traditions of the world. But we've got to come out from the world and be separate and live at a higher level just because the rest of the world says this is the way it ought to be and this is no big deal and this is acceptable. It really is a big deal because God said I'm moving you to a higher standard. And the longer we live, the church ought to not be in decline in morality. The church ought to be in incline, becoming more like Him, becoming more separate from the world, not blending in, but standing out. 
Because the devil is fighting harder today. Some of you, the devil is fighting you harder today than he's ever fought before because he is perfecting his methods of attack against the people of God. But I came this morning to remind you, no matter what the weapon is, we're going to win because there is no devil in hell that can ever defeat the Lord. We've got to just let him put, put something fresh in me today because i got a new devil fighting me today. i got to have something fresh today because every time the devil comes at you, he comes with a new weapon. It's an old spirit but a new weapon. But no weapon formed against me is going to prosper because I've come to the house of the Lord on a Sunday morning to say refresh me, renew me, do a new thing in my life today. It's for today so I can fight the devil that is coming against me today. Oh somebody give the Lord a shout of praise. I've got to quit. I've got to close. I'll pick it up later and finish with the rest of the things I have for you this morning. But maybe somebody today came into this house and you feel like you're worn out. You're weary. Stand with me today. Maybe you're worn and weary and tired and the devil's been fighting you and you're wondering, why in the world can't I just defeat this devil in my life? Because you've got to pour yourself out. And you've got to let him do a new thing today. It's brand new. Oh, I've I've had that before. I'm looking for something that is different. It's not going to be different. It's just going to be fresh. It's the same old water. But boy, it can do a work of refreshing. It'll restore and renew. It'll put you back together again. Come on, anybody in the house today just feel like I need some restoration right now. Why don't you just lift up your hands right where you are? I know there's not room for everybody to gather in the front, but right where you are, why don't you just throw your hands up in the air right now and just start letting the Lord know, God, refresh me and renew me. Let me pour myself out. Go ahead. Why don't you repent for allowing your life to become stagnant? Go ahead and repent over letting your life become stagnant. God, I don't want to become stagnant and self-centered and self-willed. But God, let me pour this out of my life. I want you to live afresh and anew in me. Create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Come on, call out to the Lord this morning. Call out to the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Call out to Him today. He's got something fresh for you this morning. Here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. Hallelujah. Breathe on me. Breathe on me. Breathe on me. Holy Ghost power. Breathe on me. Yes. Yesterday's gone.
Maybe somebody this morning, maybe somebody this morning just, you really feel it in your spirit that today may be your day and you want to just step from where you are and step here to the front of this room and let God refresh and renew you this morning. If that's you today, I open these altars just for a moment this morning. I'll not linger long, but if that's you today and you feel like, Pastor, I want to come for refreshing today. I want some restoration today, some renewal. Here's your opportunity today. If it's been a long time since you've been renewed and restored, you ought to respond today. You ought to let God fill you, renew you, and restore you today. Come on, that's it. That's it. Oh, yes. That's it. Brother Anderson came forward this morning. He's been going through it. Brother Nick's here this morning. He needs a fresh touch from the Lord. Come on, that's it. Come on, altar workers. Step out from where you are. Let's have some men and women that know how to touch God. Strengthen your brothers and sisters this morning. There's going to be renewal for somebody today. Refreshing. You may be restored in the process. Come on, come pour yourself out. Come pour yourself out with these folks this morning. God will renew you in the process. Holy Ghost power, breathe on me. Breathe on me. Breathe on me. Yes, Lord. Breathe on me. Today's gone and today I 